This is Biz. I'm a stay-at-home mom with a baby boy and a daughter who's a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, our children are special. Now let's crush that specialness. Plus, Biz and Teresa get asked the hard questions. And we talk to women's health expert, Jeannie Faulkner, about her new book, Common Sense Pregnancy. Woo! I hope she makes me want to get pregnant again. Oh, man. I'll hope for the opposite. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) How are you, Teresa? I am good. Uh, I had a little trouble saying goodbye to Simon this morning at preschool. You know, Monday mornings are always a little bit of a transition. Speaking of crushing their spirits. Yeah. (laughs) And um, also, like, neither of his normal teachers were there, so I was kind of like, "Mm," but I really had to go, you know? Yeah, you got things to do. I had things to do, and so... Chop, chop. I'm like, yeah, I have to go to work. And he's like, Mommy, I want you to explain royalty to me. (laughs) Where did that even come from? (laughs) I love it. So many things about Simon, who is just for everybody. He's not like he's 13. Simon is... Almost four. Almost four. And you also have Oscar, who is... Who's one and a half. Almost one and three quarters. Right. Oscar cares less about royalty He's right not now. aware of royalty. But, no. okay, so your almost <laughs> no. four-year-old son... Well, because we watch Robin Hood sometimes, but okay. also we sexy, got the... Sexy, sexy Disney sexy, Robin Hood. Foxy oh, Fox. Foxy Fox. Fox. Oh. But yeah, so because of Robin Hood, that's why he's interested in royalty. Because okay. the idea of like, oh, King Richard was the king, but then he's gone on the Crusades. Right. Like perfect for a three-year-old, guys. Um, and then, and then Prince Sean is like sitting in the throne yeah. while he's away. And so we talked about like the difference between kings and princes, blah blah blah. And so, but of course, we're I'm trying to extricate myself from the preschool room, and Simon wants me to explain. Explain yeah, royalty. But I would like to actually know what you said yeah, to explain. I'll tell you what I said. Royalty. Because here's the thing. Like my brain immediately okay. is like, ah. I know. You what do you even say? I know. Well, and this is the thing. It was like the ultimate <laughs> test because I had limited time. Yeah. Like, not only did I have to make it like somewhat of like a real answer right. that would be understandable, but I needed to leave like five <laughs> minutes ago. Because I said so. so <laughs> and so I said, a long time ago, <laughs> things were, what did I say? A long time ago, things were different. <laughs> our our leaders our leaders our leaders were kings and queens and they became kings and queens just because they were born from kings and queens so by becoming born they became a king or a queen and they made all the rules right and after a while people didn't like the fact that the king and the queen made the rules and made all the rules that everybody had to follow. So we came up with democracy. <laughs> I felt like it was appropriate. <laughs> and I said, because he was asking me, he wants to meet a duke. And so I was like trying to explain how like that's not really the way. Like he's like, why do you never take me to see a duke? Duke, right? And yeah. Like, why are you keeping me so sheltered, right. mom? So I said like so. Yeah, so I said, so now, so then we came up with democracy, and that that is where everybody helps decide what the rules are going to be. Everybody right. works together to decide what yeah. the rules are going to be. Real smoothly, but, too. Yeah. But, I know, 
kind of, I guess, a blessing that yeah. I had to be done. Yeah. I couldn't get into like all these tangential things. <laughs> so I just said, so that's what we have now for deciding who's our, who are our leaders and what the rules are. But people still liked the idea of having a king or a queen. So we still have royalty. They just don't make the rules anymore. They're just like a cool, fun thing that we have. <laughs> And they said, but we don't have it here right. in America. Not, yeah. <laughs> so so that's what I did. And yeah. he was like, um, okay. But then like a few minutes later, and so I'm like, okay, I got to go. And he's like, I want you to tell me more about royalty. <laughs> and now it's just because he wants me to not leave. And I then, say, and then he nailed went and, that. Oh, thank you. You nailed, I feel like I know something more about royalty now. <laughs> I feel like if I get asked that incredibly hard question... I will have a better sense of how to answer that. I'm so glad. Wow. What a, <laughs> wow. I just love that so much. I can't tell you the number of times I've started out something with a long, a long time, time ago, ago yeah. with all of the things that Katie Bell has asked us about. Yeah. Well, that, good job. Thanks. You're, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, I got asked a question, too. Oh, what did I, you get asked? I don't know if it is as hard as yours. What was yours? Well, I was taking Katie Bell to camp, and we're in the car, and she says, I don't think I really want to grow up. And I was like, okay, why? And she said, <laughs> I said it just like, why? Yeah. I said, oh, okay, why? Well, I don't want to have a baby because it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt, and it's a lot of work, and I don't, I don't want to do that. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you don't have to do that. You mm-hmm. don't, lots yeah. of people don't have babies. Yeah. You, it's something you can decide when you're older. Yeah. Silence the world, my little pony plane, my little pony plane, <laughs> my little pony plane. And then she says, how do I tell my body <gasps> that I don't want to have a baby? Whoa. And I was like, hey, Whoa. that was okay. a pretty profound that way is. you've asked me that yeah. question. And also, she, it's, also, it's cool that she knew some part of this might be out of her control. Yeah, like yeah. she was like, my body is like this other. Well, she knows you all know these things I mean? about her body, all right. That yeah. it does, you know, all yeah. these, you you can't like stop yeah. your heart from beating, or, like whatever. Your body yeah. has its own, does its yeah. own thing, and she and doesn't I want said, just like a baby to yeah, suddenly get, grow in there. Uh, according which is to her, fair. you get yeah. older, a baby, yes. starts growing. Okay. And I was right. like, that is a very good question. Yeah. And then I proceeded to open a very long time ago, Katie Bell. No, I said, <laughs> I said, I start going down the road, and I'm like, and I'm like you, I gotta, we're getting to camp. Yeah. So it's got to be concise. Yeah. And I say, no, 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 you don't, your body just doesn't do it automatically. You know how you have a heart, and you have a lung, and you have all these organs? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, well, women have special organs that are just for them, uh, and it's called a uterus. Okay, and in the uterus, I don't know, you know, whatever. I may not be doing this technically right, but anyway, she can understand it. Mm-hmm. A uterus and a stork flies down. A stork down. flies down <laughs> Sorry. and yeah. leaves a baby. The end. And you're stuck with it. Don't ever ask again. Knowledge is not power. So I say, uh, I say, so, and, and every month when you're older, mm-hmm. your body makes two eggs. Mm-hmm. And the eggs travel down these things called fallopian tubes that are in your uterus. I'm mm-hmm. trying not to go too. This is like as much technical as I get. Mm-hmm. And but in order for those eggs to become babies, men also have a special organ that's just, mm-hmm. just 
for them. It's just theirs. And they make, and I'm like, I don't want my kid to be the kid who shows up at camp today and starts talking about yeah. semen. Right. I, it's not like I'm anti-talking about sex with my right, kid. Right, right. But she's like five and a half. My daughter is like going to be six in eight, uh, uh, yeah. August. I don't want her busting out semen mm-hmm. at camp. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's just because okay. she will. Because she's my child. Right. You learned a new fact. You want to tell everybody. Well, and it's also, it's, you're on the way to camp. So you're there's on, a high likelihood. Oh, it's you know so what I mean? Likely, like, it's not right. like it's like two days ago. No. It's like you're on, literally about to drop I'm her off. I'm loading her with information yes. she's definitely going to share with people. So yeah. I say their organs make a substance <laughs> that has to make its way from them into you. And that, Katie Bell, that is a different process that happens when you're much, much older and. Here's the important thing. Mm -hmm. You have to agree with somebody that Mm -hmm. you want that to happen. It's a partnership. Think, think, my little pony, my little pony. Think, think, think. Well, how do I let the guy know that I that I don't want a baby. Yeah. And I was like, you know, my brain, of course, is like, Yeah. Just punch him in the nuts. Just punch him in the nuts. And I was just like, most people. Uh, find somebody that they love and they want to build a family with, and then together they make that decision, mm-hmm. like your father and I did. Oh, okay. And then I shut up, mm-hmm. which is the big rule, mm-hmm. uh, and we stopped it. But it was definitely one of those conversations where I was just like, ah. Yeah, and it comes out of nowhere. They come it out. just comes out of nowhere. That's Whether right. it's royalty right. or sex, whatever it is. But you're to not be ex- fair, no, but- I still think... Royalty is a more difficult question because <laughs> you haven't answer. like been sort of thinking about it for a while. I think um, <laughs> one question I have for you yeah. is, uh, as you were explaining this, I have to wonder, like, have you guys had like, do you talk about sex? Does she know what sex is? Wait, was this your first? This was kind of our first about... introduction into sex. Huh. I mean, really, and yeah. I, I just was like, you know, at this. You know, right now we just work on this is your body and what's your body. And, like, I mean, she certainly knows that we have different body parts. She just hasn't really asked about it yet. No, I know. I think, like, she hasn't asked. Because I feel like that's, like, the thing that I've heard is that answer their questions. Yeah, just answer their questions. Wait for them to ask and answer their questions or something. Like, make it clear that they can ask anytime. Exactly. You know? Unless... You want to find yourself in a situation like we're going to discuss today where their natural uh, (laughs) need for curiosity and other things that make them so special as children needs to be squashed, squashed, squashed Mm, down into submission. Of course. Yes. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. Children are special. They, they are. They are. They are. They are full of wonder mm-hmm. and excitement, mm-hmm. joy, question asking, <laughs> imaginations, experimenting, building, lots of things that make them very special, right? And each one is special in their own in their way. Own way. Yeah. That's right. May, as we've discussed on the show, maybe those little hints of specialness. Mm-hmm hint at what their future gift might be. 
Right. I, I think we're we sound like we're being really sarcastic right now, but I think we really mean. I all think of we these actually things. yes. Good point. Like, good point. Good point. Yes, that children are in fact awesome and wonderful and special. And special. Yeah. So I think though, what I we want to talk about today mm-hmm. are those moments where you find yourself as a parent possibly responding to their specialness in a way that is more of a squat. It's sort of like, oh, look how special you are. Now stop being special. Yes. Stop your specialness. Yes. I do not want to see your specialness anymore. Um, like, or like, and, yeah, or like if it's an, ex- <laughs> if it's, if the specialness is expressed in a way that we want it, that's like good yeah. for us, then it's right. great. But if it's the same <laughs> specialness expressed in a way that's not helpful to us. Right. Stop it. Tamp it down. Tamp it. Tap it down. Get in line. It's like, we what's don't, wrong with you? We don't need no education. <laughs> right. Tamp it down. Get in line. Get your uniform on. All right. So I thought, though, before discussing it, it might be nice to go back mm-hmm. in time yeah. to our own lives yeah. before our specialness was tamped out of us. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, what are your memories of like being a kid and like, was there something that, like, I don't know, I mean, this, it's lame to be like, what made you special? And mm-hmm. did your parents try to squash it? <laughs> uh, I can't remember far back enough to, like, compare it to my own kids right, right. now. Because I don't obviously remember when I was three what, what seemed special Thank about me. Thank God, everybody. Probably Let's nothing. just let the disclaimer be that yeah. whatever you're doing to... You think you're screwing your kid up before the age of four. They're probably, oh, yeah, they won't they, remember. They really aren't going to remember that. Yeah. Um, and... But I do remember, like, you know, when I was an older kid, um, that I was really into, like, acting Mm -hmm. and, like, already, like, wanted to be an actress when I grew up, you know? And my parents totally encouraged me. And for that reason, like, the couple of home movies that we have are, like, unbearable for me to watch. (laughs) Because even though I was still, like, an adorable (laughs) nine-year-old or whatever... I was such a camera hog. It was like oh, yeah. just obnoxious, and I had nothing to say. I was just like, um, uh, here I am, and uh, you know, like just whatever. And um, and then I think I also had a little bit of that like first child bossiness, yeah. leadership kind of thing, where I know what's best for everyone, yeah. and I'm going to tell everybody how to do things. Right. Just, but yeah. I don't know if that. I mean, so those were kind of my and did my parents squash them I don't know my parents were pretty encouraging about that that stuff yeah I guess um, I mean mine too I mean I th- I don't remember I mean I oh wait sorry oh, Chuck, go ahead. I just thought of something really good oh yeah, yeah yeah so I did okay so I do remember that like there was a period of time when my sister and I and like whenever we got together with like little cousins or friends we would always make up skits. Oh, like, yeah. Like, our thing was to make up skits. And I remember there was this one chunk of time. I must have been in, like, fourth grade or something. <laughs> and my parents just, like, sitting us down. Because we were, we were like, <laughs> we were basically, like, oh, we're going to go do a skit. And like, you have to sit here and we're going to do our yeah, skit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my parents were just, like, we, we will sit for your skit. We do not want to see another skit about a dorky girl becoming popular. (laughs) We don't want to see that anymore. Come up with a new story. (laughs) Right. Like, and and I think I remember it dawning on me like, oh yeah, that was totally what we were about to do. How did they know that? Yeah, yeah. Because that was the thing that we did (laughs) 
over and over and right. over again. It was the only story we knew how to tell, which, the, thank you, TV. Yeah. Oh, I know. That's such an after-school special yeah. sort of scenario right yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, did somebody have glasses on and then take <laughs> yeah, the glasses exactly. off? Exactly. Reveal. Um, you took your hair out of the ponytail. And suddenly, Whoa. look at that beautiful butterfly. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I I remember I was a loud child. Mm-hmm. I talked quite a bit. Really? I had a lot to say. <laughs> uh, big imagination. You know, all those things that this is Katie Bell. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't remember the same sort of thing. I don't remember my parents ever being like, "Stop speaking." Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think part of this is that you don't remember. I mean, you know, you don't really remember a lot of that. You either have a vague memory from the develop early early developmental years of uh-huh. it being a fairly supportive environment, yeah, or. You remember, or you don't, because there really was no room. It really wasn't. Yeah. Um, But I can remember my father, like a lot, a lot in my life, being Mm -hmm. like, "You need to calm down." Yeah. And then in my like twenties, where I was like living in New York, and like we're about to do like sketch group was about to perform, and we were all Mm -hmm. like super hyped. My father, like, really sitting in the audience. Yeah. Before the show starts, my dad like leans over and is like, you need to calm down. Whoa. And I turned around and was like, uh, as a matter of fact, this is the opposite of what I need to do right yeah. now before I go on stage. You yeah. know what I mean? But like, it just like sent me Whoa. rushing yeah. back because we were, I was really loud and we're all loud in my family. Yeah. And except my dad's not like the loudest. So I'm sure a lot of it for him was just like, I need that. Yeah. And, and so I think... I think that's sort of like where this plays into where I am right now. Because for me, I feel like this is coming to a head with Katie Bell, who mm. is about to be six. And I do think that when they are like one and two and even three, you're like, look how creative they are. And look how, you know, I love that she's at, that they're asking questions or that they're talking or they're walking or like, or they're making music or they're using the things like to make a thing, like whatever. I feel like... You like super celebrate it when yeah. they're really little. You do. And then you get tired. Yeah. <laughs> and as they get older and they're able to do it even more. And I think there's like this weird fine line that we're doing with Katie Bell right now where she's beginning, she's still trying to keep the play with us only. And yet at the same time, it's sort of that age where they start, they need to be off doing it by mm-hmm. themselves a little bit more or, or with a friend or with whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think for us, we're like, we just can't play with you the whole time. We can't. And some of that, I think, feels a little bit like the squashing. Like, um, I remember, and again, I also think most of uh, of this stuff kind of falls into the I would never before Mm -hmm. I had kids. Mm -hmm. You know, that I would never say this to my kids. I will always let my kids do X, Y, and Z. And then you have kids and things change. But I can remember going to the airport with Katie Bell when she was like, you know, before she was a year old, and she's like maybe 11 months old, and a woman uh, at the airport said, you know, oh, is she talking? And Steph and I were like, oh, not yet. Good, because once she does, she will never shut up. My kid never shuts up. And Steph and I both were just like, okay. Yeah. And we were like, we will never. You talk as much as you want, baby girl. Don't you ever let anybody tell you to shut up. You know, (laughs) here we are like five years later, almost six years later, I'm like, I'm going to need you to be quiet. Yeah. No, physically close your mouth. Oh <laughs> like I need you to like yeah. stop talking in this moment, yeah. right? Or, and so it Has, does. Does she listen to you when you say that? No, 
Okay, you yeah. Listen to anything. I can't. Uh, the best I can do is say to Simon, like, because we have the same thing with yeah. Simon, and I, the best I can do is to say, I can't talk to you about this anymore. Right. You can continue doing your thing, but I. I can't have this conversation anymore right yeah. now. Like, I'm whatever. Like, yeah. I cut myself out of it. But even that flips him out. He can't deal with that. Yeah. But, like, the idea of, like, you need to stop talking, that would send him yeah. spiraling well, out of Well, because it's contr- usually, like, like, in a situation where I really need her to stop talking. Because of noise. Because I'm like, brushing her teeth. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Or we're having dinner. Or, like, there's a physical need <laughs> for her mouth to stop moving. Right? I like, or I, I need you to stand still. Or, yeah. you know. And... I think there's something about, like, I think Stefan and I both feel a lot like what we're doing in terms of squashing the specialness Mm -hmm. is, like, putting a kibosh on the questions sometimes, putting Mm -hmm. a kibosh on the imaginative play sometimes, putting a kibosh on, like... But, like, when are you doing that? Like, how does that... Sometimes it feels like we're doing it all day long. But, like, okay, yeah. Because, like, I mean, there's 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 certain things that... Like, I'm wondering how much of this is, like, a real... Like, like that we're really squashing them, or like, are we just like showing them what constraints there are in life? Like, because I feel like with with Simon, I know I'm comparing our situations, but like with Simon, it's kind of like the things that I say, I don't like, I that I can't like help him with are like things that just I can't even think of a way to make that come true. Like he wants me to tie strings to his magnetiles and string them across the room right. so that he can pass them across like money and pretend like I mean it's like so it's like and I just have to say well I'm not gonna do that like if you can come up with another way great which he can't obviously but right, like, right and that I feel in a mo- in the moment I'm like well I should just say yes to everything and like but certain no, but things right I think that's right? a good point though. I think like, that's an even more because that's we definitely have those situations where like Katie Bell is like I want to invent a toy for Ellis yeah you know? and I'm it's like, like then go invent a toy for Ellis yeah. and then when she comes for help and I'm yeah. like I can't help you do this yeah. Because I don't want to do it for you. Yeah. But I also know at the same time, I'm like, can't you just tie that on the stick? And then like 30 minutes later, I'm like, wait, do you know how to tie it? Right. You know, like, do you understand the concept of like genuinely tying? I know. And like, it does feel a little bit like, I could just spend like 15 minutes helping her figure this out. And then maybe next time she'll do it herself. Or like, what if I'm squashing the engineer inventor in her? What if I'm like, I remember being at the store once, again, pre-kid. I was pregnant. There was a woman like checking out and her kid was just like drumming on the the side of the checkout aisle. Yeah. She was like, stop it. And he was like, I'm drumming. She was like, you will not drum. I mean, she was like all over the, you're not going to drum. Don't drum. Yeah. And I remember thinking, he's just trying to express himself. Like, you know, just the dick. He was like, he's just trying. And then flash forward to actually me letting Katie Bill do that sometimes when we're out. Yeah. But then this magical age of like five, six, I'm like, stop it. Well, it's Stop. also, yeah, because you don't know, I mean, you don't know what's leading up to that moment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this well, could be a kid it, that right. is constantly drumming stuff and knocking things over as right. a result. Or like, you know what I mean? Like, or Simon would only bang annoying. on, so- <laughs> or just super annoying. Yeah. But like, Simon would only bang on something if actually what he really wants to happen is for it to break. Like, he, yeah, yeah, he yeah. does that kind of thing when he's 
basically, like, I can see him going in the direction of, like, destruction, basically. Like, yeah. there's no reason he would just be drumming for fun. That's not what he would do. Right. He would only <laughs> drum if he's like, I'm going to pretend that I'm drumming, and then yeah. I'm just going to hit a little too hard, and then, Until I you know what it. I mean? Right. Well, yeah. So, so I, I would stop him. Like, I would have to. Well, okay, so here's another question. Okay, do you think if... We had been super smart and stopped having children. <laughs> mm-hmm. If we just had the one kid, mm-hmm. right? Uh, would would you feel as like? At, would you reach that point, that mm-hmm. like level point where you're like, stop asking questions, stop expressing yourself, mm-hmm. stop stomping, stop like whatever? How do you? Because I I sometimes wonder, would I be looser? Would I be like, Mm -hmm. is one of the reasons I'm not playing or helping her expand her time, like, you know, with Mm -hmm. projects that she wants to do or really sit down with her and go over these questions that Mm -hmm. she has? And if I didn't have Ellis there, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, would we just be like the coolest house on the planet? Like, her hair would probably look good. Her (laughs) hair would look like a crazy animal lives in it. Yeah. Um, You know, like. Yeah. Without being too grass is greener, I wonder how much having the extra child in the house, who the, the older child will never appreciate that you're still spending less time with the second one, too, yeah. you know, or the third or yeah. the fourth, plays into, like, my level of patience for her specialness. Right. And are we bad for—so I guess the question is, are we, <laughs> are we failing mm-hmm. for doing it, or is this something that's about balance— or is this something that we're overthinking because they're not going to really remember it for life as long as you don't lock them in a closet when they're making you crazy? Well, yeah, right? hold on. Because like, I, think, I think, like, I mean, we joke about squashing their specialness. Yeah. But really, I mean, true that, like, if they, if one of their kids suggests, like, can we build a house in the backyard? And, yeah. I mean, that we don't just, like, pursue everything that they think of that they want. Right. Um, or we don't just, like, encourage every single line of conversation towards right. whatever. Um, I mean, that doesn't... I I feel like if we think... If you think about it, squashing something would be, like, making somebody feel ashamed for right. what they're doing. Or, like, telling them they can't. Like, period. Whatever they're doing, you cannot. Right. Period. Like, you shouldn't be... You know, children should be seen and not heard or whatever. Right. You know, like... Um, that is not okay for you to want that. We're not that is not okay, okay for, for dance to... classes because you're never going to be a dancer. Yeah. I kind of fall into that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you've talked about that on the yeah, show. Yeah, a little bit like, yeah. uh, but we can't explore. But that's just that is you can't explore every single thing. You can't explore avenue. everything. And, like, I think, yeah, I think we're definitely joking about squashing it. But the reality is, like, I mean, as long as we're not, like, making them feel, like, shut down yeah i think that it's all probably fine because like whether we're helping them make these discoveries or we're just letting them do it on their own where we're not involved either one is probably okay yeah do you know what i mean like we don't necessarily have to be like feeding that fire they can kind of like do that on their own sometimes (laughs) you know what i mean like and i know that as they get older their abilities will catch up with this, with their specialness. Yeah. And they'll be able to, I think there's something about being in that like one to six year like window where they still rely on you so much. Yeah. That it can feel like 
every little thing they're doing is momentous and important yeah. when it's just them sort of being kids. Totally. And, but at the same time, I don't want to fall into the like, just go be a kid. Because I do think there are things that kids just can't do at certain ages. Totally. Depending on who your kid is and what their abilities are. Right? Totally. Like, I think there's, I think it's very easy for other parents to be like, or to feel yourself like, we try too hard. To not mm. squash their dreams. We try, you're, you're, you're overthinking yeah. what you should be doing to help your child. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think it's just a balance of, yeah. you know, as long as you're providing a supportive environment in general yeah. and not telling them that they're dicks, yeah. it'll, it won't, no one's in therapy. For that, yeah. for that reason. For that, yeah. Right, for that. Um, no, I agree. And I think that kind of plays into your comment about, the, or your question about, like, does having more kids or less mm-hmm. kids, like, play into that? Because I think, I mean, it's very tempting to say, like, well, if I didn't have this toddler or baby running around, I could, like, be giving this kid my full attention. Right. But, like, the reality is, is, like... We're always doing other stuff. Like if you didn't right. have a toddler or a baby, you You'd probably be... have some project you were yeah, working on because exactly. you can. Like you right. or like or right. or or you need to at that time or whatever. You know your life is just you know what I life, mean. Yeah, like, no, yeah. There's, there's no... never. And it's so easy to once. I think it's so easy to once you have because I've been thinking about this a lot. Like if once you have like another kid. It's hard to catch up for a little while right. and like figure out how do I have two. Then once you have two, like we talk, we joke about how sometimes we're like, and when I when I'm only with one of my kids, it feels so incredibly easy. <laughs> whereas before, it used to feel hard. Right, and like that's not it, that doesn't. That doesn't mean, in fact, it definitely does not mean that if you have one kid, that's easy. Right. Like, or, yeah, just, or that you're going to have the patience to, like, to do stuff. Everything or that you're going to want to. Or that, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. it's just totally, yeah. it's it's like you just can't compare them and, like, we'll never know. Right. Oh, we'll never know. Sorry. Hey, how about, can we, can we wrap up on the fact and turn it uh, around to ourselves once again and say that whose dreams are really getting squashed? Yeah. Mine. Shit. Yeah. Stop squashing my specialness, kids. Hey, this is Pop Rocket. We're your source for all pop culture information. It's an intellectual and incredibly snark-filled discussion about pop culture by five cranky Hollywood 30-somethings. No name-calling, no rudeness, just straight talk and a lot of role-play. I'm only 30-something for another year. Me too. And I don't (laughs) tell anybody I'm 30-something. Pop Rocket comes out every week from MaximumFun.org. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Teresa. Yes. Genius fail time. Genius me, please. Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh my God, that's fucking genius. Last week, (laughs) I was wishing for a little, like, hangout time with my girlfriends. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, I had this genius idea where I would 
have a couple of my friends over. They would come over around my kids' bedtime. Jesse would cook for us yeah. because he can cook while uh, I'm getting the kids ready for bed. Sure. And then my friends came over, and we took the food from Jesse in the kitchen, and we took it out to the backyard, and Jesse stayed inside to, like, Listen deal to with the bedtime yeah. shenanigans, which, you know, the kids were still getting up yeah. for, like, another half hour. Um, and we sat outside, and we ate Jesse's delicious food. Can you tell this is also a compliment, your partner? It's time to compliment your partner. Clearly. But we had this great food, and I made cocktails, and we just had, like, a great time. Wow. And then they went home, and then somehow, magically, Jesse did the dishes. I don't even know when that happened, but he did. Wow. And the genius part is that, like... I just didn't feel guilty about it at all because, like, I knew that he was, like, happy to do that. Yeah. And it was just so nice. Nice. And we had a great time. Good job. Yeah. Thanks. Good job. So we had this giant half of a pulled a pork butt. It's been mm-hmm. in the freezer, monopolizing my freezer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we busted it out <laughs> this weekend. Bust out the smoker. Do a little big pulled pork thing, have a few friends over, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So Stefan always gets up at like 4.30 a.m. to get the smoker started. You're smoking all day. And we had rain, which never happens in Pasadena now that we've cleared June, right? Like it's not, there should be no more rain. And massive surprise thunderstorms show up. So it's like, it starts to, I hear the thunder coming. It's not raining yet. And I look at Stefan and he's like with, Ellis and the kids and I was just like all right I'm gonna go outside and see what I can do and I managed to like rig the most beautiful like I had this like tarp that you rain could still get through but it would provide a flat like rigging it with a drill and stuff yeah. over the you know to the garage and then to a table yeah. I was like the rain could still get through what do I have that's not rain. I was, and then I was like, I have a tent that we never use. And it has a rain cover. Yeah. And I bust that bad boy out, string it up. And it like was like a little thing for the smoker. Barbecue saved. Yeah. And it was awesome. Amazing. Totally unparenting related. But it was yeah. such a no, like MacGyver great. fucking. Yeah. I, it's always nice to remind yourself that you are capable of doing shit. Oh, totally. When shit needs to get done. Hey, Biz and Teresa, I am calling with a genius. I didn't really realize it was a genius until my coworker told me it was a genius, <laughs> so I am calling to share it with everyone else. I have three kids, ages two, four, and six, who, of course, want sweet treats, candy, and desserts every day and every night. <laughs> so we instituted treat nights. Every Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday is when they get treats and desserts. So they know what to expect on what days. There are exceptions, of course, for birthdays and special holidays and (laughs) things like that. But for the most part, we stick to Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. If they ask, I just simply ask them, what day of the week is it? And that's their answer. Great. It's so good. And the the larger, like, genius here Mm -hmm. is it's the setting up those rules. And I think sometimes people, this is definitely a kid, no kid, or my kids versus your kid situation where you're like, why are you setting up that fucking rule? Like, why can't your kid have candy whenever they come over or whatever? And it's because it, it, whatever that rule is, whether it's the sweets or or anything that may seem crazy to other people, what it does is it sets 
like expectations in the house. If there's the rule, well, because they here's also the rule. they know if there isn't a like setup, yeah, thing, they know that there's always a chance. Chance. They know they might, and so they talk about it constantly. But if they know there's no chance because it's Thursday, or yeah, whatever, then they just won't bother. And you can just say one thing. Yeah. What day is it? Yeah. Right. Like anyway, I yeah. just. Love it. It's a good reminder that we do those things to keep us sane. Totally. Yeah. Failures. Let's let's talk about our failures, Teresa. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. I was home with the boys all day yesterday. And fail. I know. (laughs) It kind of was. But anyway, we did okay. But at one point, there was a break in the rain, and we wanted to play outside. And Oscar wanted to wear what he calls undies. It's really like trainers. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's not potty trained at all, but he does like to wear them sometimes. And I will often let him wear them because I feel like it's good for him to notice the wetness versus like a diaper, which whisks it away. Right. But I only ever do it when, like, I know I'm not expecting poop, you right? Know? Because uh, that really sucks. Like, yeah. trainers are not great for cleaning poop out of. And so he was asking for them, and I kind of thought there might be poop coming, but I was like, <laughs> oh, but he's asking for them. I kind of want to, like, encourage that if he's yeah. actually asking for them. So I was like, I'll just bring him to the potty, like, a few times and remember, you know, whatever. But then it kind of got away from me. Like, I just sort of forgot that that was supposed to be in the back of my mind, that that might happen. And then we're playing outside, playing outside. And then, like, he peed at some point. And so I took the trainers off. And so he was naked in the backyard, which, whatever, who cares, except that that is when the poop happened. Mm. And I didn't notice him doing it I noticed later that there was poop all over the back of his butt and legs mm. so he had like pooped on the deck and then sat down in yeah. it to like climb down off the deck sure. so it was all over him all over the deck totally disgusting the dogs are all over I yeah. mean they didn't they were near it they were interested Ugh. and the Simon's there <laughs> and we're doing water play and it was just oh everything about it was just so then I was busy for the next 20 minutes yeah. dealing with like Cleaning Crisis everything. Poop, yeah. yeah. Cleaning him, cleaning the deck, like cleaning, just cleaning everything, everything laundry, yeah. whatever. And of course, while I was doing that, Simon was like beginning to spiral out of control because he sure. hadn't napped. And I wasn't really paying very much attention because I was dealing with the poop crisis. Right. Simon was like walking around with a baseball bat, like one of the kind of <laughs> foamy ones. Sure. But like it's, it's still, still a bat. bat. It's not yeah. like a foam bat, it's a real bat. It's a bat for a kid, okay? It's a bat. It's a bat. And <laughs> he, he shouldn't have been doing that, obviously. But he... I heard I heard Oscar just screaming. Oh! Simon just hit him with the baseball bat. He just hit him out of nowhere for, like, no reason. Just saw his brother there and just hit him with the baseball bat. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, wow! Yeah, there's my fail. That's a that's a all real, of the above is my fail. All of the above. <laughs> oh, as Katie Bell would say, O M G. Yep, pretty much. Wow. What you got? Well, uh, <laughs> should I have gone second? No, never, never. <laughs> the um, so uh, Stefan's birthday was like last week. Happy birthday, Stefan! Happy birthday, Stefan! 
And many months ago, we thought we were in a place to, like, do a party. Like, Stefan used to have these big epic birthday parties before kids, and mm-hmm. then they stopped. Yep. <laughs> so we were like, I think we're ready to do this again. Mm-hmm. What if we do, like, backyard talent show, that kind of thing. It's fun for kids and adults. Well, super cheesy. And then, you know, we just didn't do it. Yeah. Uh, and when Katie Bell caught on to the fact that we were no longer having a party for Stefan, she got super sad. So, like, in its own right, that's its own little failing. Mm-hmm. She, like, she, you don't understand. Yeah, I had this all like written that. out. Like, she I had, like, know. a plan. Like, written out of, like, these are the balloons. And she was like, I mean, like, she had a massive meltdown about this. And I was like, okay, you know what? We'll do something special for him here. We have to have balloons and a cake. Like, I mean, like, just yeah. all the stuff. Yeah. Uh, of course, part of me is like, you didn't want that for my birthday. I We're going to talk about it. Anyway, yeah. so I said, all right, we'll go to the store after school tomorrow. We'll get balloons and we'll get a cake. Mm-hmm. Okay? And it'll be a big surprise to him on his birthday when he comes in. Mm-hmm. Okay. So go get her after camp. I mean, it has been a long fucking day already, okay? Mm-hmm. I go with Ellis to get her from camp. It's a bazillion degrees. We're going to drive to, like, a grocery store that seems closer but still is probably a little farther away because I know they've got a bakery and balloons, mm-hmm. right? We get there. She's super excited. Ellis hadn't napped that day, so, like, I know we've got a timeline here, right? Um, but he's doing okay. We pick out balloons. We pick out the cake. It's so good. Aren't I great? We go to check out, and I don't have my wallet. I don't know where my wallet oh my is. Oh, God. And I, and I start to freak out because I had used that wallet, like, five hours earlier in the day. There's no reason it shouldn't have been in my bag. Oh. And I have to now... Pry balloons out of my children's hands. Oh, my God. Put the cake down. Go out to the car with the kids to go search the car. I call the other store I had been at earlier to see if they have it. They don't have it. I have to take us all back home. Yeah. At which point, I don't see the wallet. Oh, my God. I get us in the car to literally drive to that other store just to make sure whoever I talk to. We get. I'm just dragging kids around everywhere. It's like 4.30. Uh It's like time for Ellis's dinner because we live on the early side of sleep, right? Uh We finally get home, and I find the wallet. Uh It's under, like, a random thing I took out of my bag. So at least I had the wallet. Yeah, that's good. But it was just, like, a crushing. It's horrible. It was really awful. awful. I'm so sorry. It fucking sucked. So this morning, I thought that my toddler needed his diaper change before going to daycare because there was a shadow and uh, I went to change it and there was nothing. It was just shadow. It was a totally clean, totally fine diaper that didn't need to be changed. And so I changed him standing up and the back looked fine and I didn't think about it at all and then proceeded to... Uh, drop him off at daycare and then go on a very nice walk for myself <laughs> and, you know, listen to the podcast and relax and everything was fine. And then I picked him up from daycare to find out that I somehow, um, as my mother-in-law would say, left his uh, bolts and tackles outside of the diaper. His penis was fully outside what? of the diaper, which meant that he peed and he peed everywhere and oddly he happened to be in an exerciser at the time and so um yeah i don't really have a good excuse i had a reasonable night's sleep and i was you know not too out of it or whatever tired wise i had had some coffee i just i just suck i just totally suck anyway love you guys love the show 
Bye. I, I love how she wants to be so clear that she has no excuse for this. Yeah. Like, I've even had some coffee and I yeah. I didn't have a bad sleep. Yeah, I didn't have a bad sleep. Fails can happen anytime. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah absolutely anytime. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I, just like the shadow. The shadow, There's so many yeah. things about that. Well, you're a horrible mother. Yep. You've probably scarred your child for life. Yep. Yep. And Sorry. that exorcisor is, uh, is ruined. You have squashed the specialness out of that exorcisor, <laughs> that is for sure. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. Teresa, yeah. let's call Emma. Great. Today, we are talking to Jeannie Faulkner, who is a woman's health expert, labor nurse, mother of four, fitpregnancy.com columnist, and author of the brand new book, Common Sense Pregnancy. Welcome, Jeannie. Thank you. Before we jump into the book and a couple of questions uh, about pregnancy, um, I would like to ask you what we ask all our guests, guests, which is who lives in your house? Well, at this moment, uh, <laughs> my husband, yeah, I, I've got several kids, so it shifts. <laughs> but um, at this moment, it's my husband and myself. I have a son who's 19 and a daughter who's 15 who lives here. And then we've got some adult children that are scattered around the country doing their thing. <laughs> cool. Just dropping by with yeah. laundry mm-hmm. when they need it and then moving no, on. No. Sending laundry in the no, mail? <laughs> no, they're totally launched. It awesome. happens, I'm telling you. That's awesome. It's your future, too. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Our mind will always just be in elementary school forever. Um, <laughs> let's get into the book. So you just recently came out with a book called Common Sense Pregnancy. And uh-huh. uh, I, I would describe it as it really is just almost like a totally unbiased glossary of everything about, like, things you're going to come in contact with from when you get pregnant to the time that baby comes out of you. Uh, I guess I want to know what led to this and why you felt it, you know, you would put together a book that didn't terrify us or wasn't (laughs) full of personal opinions or basically why did you come out with a book that doesn't make me feel bad or freaked out? (laughs) Well, I I think that the market is pretty heavy already on <laughs> books that terrify women and freak them out. And you know, when you're looking at any any bookshelf, you know, in a in a bookstore, there are going to be books that are you know, very single opinion. You've got to have your baby this way, or there are going to be the the books that have been on the shelves forever, which tend to be really slanted towards risks and fears. And you know, it's just it just doesn't have to be that way. You know, most women are going to be just fine. And we don't really write our books that way. We don't really slant our prenatal care that way. We go to the polar opposite, looking for, you know, anything that could go wrong, let's go looking for it. Well, you know, this is something that women know how to do. So let's write that book. And then the other thing is that, you know, when you do look for the books that have an alternative um, you know, viewpoint, so many of them are, are written just for women who are going to have an out-of-hospital experience. And that is about 1% of the birthing population. Here in the U.S., 
almost 99% of women have hospital births. So I think that women need to know what to expect. They really do need to know what is it really going to be like once you get in there. And, you know, so that's why I wrote this book. I, you know, I've got a bunch of kids. I've been at the site for thousands of births. Um, I've got some pretty strong opinions about where the U.S. national health outcomes um, stand right now. Uh, and I have some pretty strong opinions about what we need to do to change that. All right. Well, maybe let's talk about some of those opinions. I mean, I, I guess one of my first questions listening to the, what you've just described is we and it seems like such a simple question. You you had said women know what to do. Right. Like we get we're going to have a baby. It's it's technically it comes natural to us to have a baby. So why are we completely terrified of it and so unsure of ourselves and I mean even even those of us with the greatest of confidence you can spend a huge portion of your pregnancy questioning what your choices are being scared not sure you know, what you're choosing to do is right you know women who were giving babies a thousand years ago or even a hundred years ago didn't really have all of the bombardment of information that we have now and, you know, I think that a lot of the reason why women are so terrified is because of the way that we structure prenatal care. Hmm. Um, you know, that you go to the, do- the doctor or a midwife, but more, more often a doctor, and you're given these long lists of things that you can't do. And you're um, treated as if, you know, your physician is the one in charge and you're the one who has to do as you're told. And the list of things that you can't eat, can't do, can't drink, can't, you know, the can'ts are getting longer and longer all the time. And so what that's all based on is we really don't want to take any risks. We're, you know, as a society, just so risk averse. And understandably, especially when it comes to our, our babies, they're the most valuable, precious thing that's going to happen in our life. Um, but are we really doing anybody any favors by going about our prenatal experience on this scary, risky path? And I don't think it's that we are. I think that if women are really supported to just support their own health to the best of their ability, you know, let's talk about food from not that don't eat this and that perspective to here's all of the goodness that you need to include in your life. Um, Let's talk about, what exercise is really about. You know, just all of the really common sense, practical things that go into making you a healthy mother. Um, and I think that it's, it's the rare woman these days who, who doesn't go through her prenatal experience being terrified. It's just ridiculous the way that we slant the information. It's not that terrifying. You know, yeah. if we're looking at a, a stat level, about 85% of women can and should have a completely normal, healthy pregnancy. The other 15% are going to have some complications. Some might be serious, some not so much. That's 85%. And yet the stories we tell are mostly about the other 15. Well, man, that's I feel like I am just living in a cycle of those sorts of statistics and that sort of perspective on, like, not just our pregnancies, but in how we are raising our kids, how, like, what's safe, what's oh, not no. safe, what's school, what's not school. We've, we've clearly, we're, information is a wonderful thing. 
And, I, yeah. and one of the things I like about your book, again, is it's just information. But there's something about, I think, you know, clearly where we spiral off is you start having information. And I think information starts coming with personal experiences. And like you said, the experiences that seem to get shared the most are the worst, you know, and yeah. can really, yeah. really throw us off. But since such a large portion of us wind up uh, doing our births in a hospital scenario, mm-hmm. um, and like you said, we clearly have a culture of prenatal care uh, that may not wind up being the best for us in general in terms of our sense of well-being. How do we as women and our partners uh, find a place of uh, confidence in what our decisions are and what our decisions would like to be and communicate that to our doctors and our nurses, uh, both prenatal? I mean, I know I've been in situations where the people who I was working with prenatal care weren't necessarily who delivered my baby. So it's not like I had a team I was working with from the beginning because I didn't do the midwife thing. People who have midwives, it's a a different experience on some level because they at least have one person they've kind of been with the whole time uh, in there helping sort of champion them. But again, I am a confident person. I have no problem expressing my needs, but you also don't have a fear of hospitals. And I don't have a fear of hospitals. A lot of people have. Yeah, you don't have exactly. I don't tend to have. I tend to believe people want to help me, but that doesn't mean that those people who want to help me haven't done this rodeo so many times (laughs) that the sort of that I I feel sometimes like when I'm talking to my doctors or my nurses uh, about delivery or about my experiences, it's a little like, yeah, 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 I've been there. You know, like, yeah, Yeah. you know, how do I make sure, because you are a nurse, you are an RN, you have been there, you have done this a million times. And outside of the fact that some of us are just obnoxious jerks (laughs) 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 and and we're going to come in and sound crazy no matter what, for most of us though, what is your advice on being clear uh, about what we want and at the same time being respectful of what you guys understand to be what our options are? Yeah. Um, that's, that's a lot of questions. It was. You're welcome. Her, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I want to preface that with saying that um, I spent 25 years as a labor and delivery nurse. I am not a bedside nurse now. And part of the reason why I'm not is because we got to this place in our hospital culture, what I call the birth industry, um, Mm. where so much of what is going on in a traditional labor and delivery room really has very little to do with patient care. It has a lot more to do with computer care and documenting everything so that on the off chance that we wind up in court, everything is written down and it shows that we've done everything. Wow. That's a whole lot of what's going on in the maternal health industry. Wow. So from a patient, it's true. You know, there's malpractice insurance that has to be protected. There's hospital guidelines that are all structured so that both the hospital and the patient are safe. But, um, you know, it's very heavily handed towards what the hospital needs are. So what I recommend for patients is that you do need to get as much information as possible so that when you go in, um, you don't just want to accept the whole menu of intervention. You want to do a more a la carte uh, approach where, you know, if you go in and everything is going really normally and there's nothing 
particularly going wrong, well, then you don't really need to go to, you know, the interventions that they might use to speed your labor up or, you know, all of those things. So when those things are um, suggested to you, or even in some parts of the country, you know, they're going to just be told, this is what we're doing. This is a time when women and their partners really need to say, whoa, 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 let's talk before you do that. Tell me the reasons why you want to do that thing. Um, why do you want to start that Pitocin? I'm already contracting. And then find out what their reason is. Well, we think your labor's taking a really long time. On whose clock? It's going just fine for me. What is the reason why we need to go faster? You know, you need to ask these questions. Well, but real quick, let me stop you. Let me stop you with that because I I agree with that. But, you know, we're we're raised to be nice. That doesn't sound very nice. (laughs) I mean, like, I don't want to offend the person who's who's supposed to be helping me. I mean, you're going to be relying on. I'm relying on because you are describing. Yeah, you are describing an exact situation that I was in with the Pitocin. Both of my both of my deliveries on two opposite sides of the country we're all about it's probably better if we go ahead and speed this up. And right. I, I never and, and we went through the tell and with the second one, tell us why and what's the reason and all this stuff. And yet we still were like, okay. <laughs> you know, well, okay. Were you, and, were you dissatisfied with your experience? Well, no, I mean, I I don't I have two beautiful babies that are great. Yeah. And I we talk on the show all the time about like, will we ever, just like with every other aspect of parenting, will we ever be a hundred percent satisfied with how we gave birth to our baby? And you know, like we well, joke. Let me, ask, let me ask you a question again, this. You answered it by saying by answering that you <laughs> had your baby. Yeah. But this experience was also about you. Right. And so much of what we talk about in terms of women's birth experiences was, oh, well, I had a healthy baby. Wait a minute, you were there too. How was your experience for you? Were you satisfied with it? Did you come away feeling like, wow, I did that, that was great? No. That's, <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, that's, yeah. yeah, that's, you know, time for therapy with that answer. The but like, I know. I mean, it's a half okay. and half, but I mean, when you say it, you, you know, you totally rile up, you know, the feminist in me of like, well, what the fuck? That's right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I know. You'll notice that the cover of my book, it says Navigating a Healthy Pregnancy and Birth for Mother and Baby. Right. And when I was working on the title with um, my publisher, it didn't come naturally to some of the people working with me that, no, this is about the mom. This is about grown-up women. This isn't just a book about babies. This is a book for grown-up women. And, you know, I think that that's what we really have to get back to is you're a grown-up woman. The people that are taking care of you are actually people that you have hired to take care of you. Right. They are not in charge of you. They're not the principal. They're not, you know, you're in charge of them. And I think that, yes, it's hard. It really is hard. And I'm hoping that over time, um, you know, our our hospital culture and our providers are going to recognize that things have really got to change. Um, use the interventions that we need to when they're really needed, but back off on just prescribing them all the time. We don't need to. And it is going to take women saying or recognizing that this is a consumer product and women are the consumers and ultimately they control the market. Right. Damn. Yeah. 
Diane, I'm gonna yeah. have. So is the is the answer just to um to really like? Because I think what Biz is saying about just like not wanting to like offend or annoy the people who are giving <laughs> you care when you're in labor, like that really resonates for me. And I mm-hmm. I had two hospital births as well, and I didn't have interventions, and I feel like I had good experiences. Right. But I think most of that was out of luck and um and also just having doulas <laughs> but um, <laughs> True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but like I think that I was constantly even though I didn't have to do it I was like constantly in fear of my doctors or nurses telling me they were they wanted to do something that I was gonna have to say I'm not so sure about that or like push back at all and I think yeah. part of it is just that you're in I felt that I was in such a vulnerable yeah. position in the in those moments. You sure. know, I was in labor. I mean, I needed I just I wanted everybody to take care of me. And right. like <laughs> I, I was afraid to um I didn't want to do anything that would make a doctor or a nurse like roll their eyes at me and like not want to give me the best care possible. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You you have to just do it. Or you have to have your doula or your mother or your whoever your labor support people are say, you know what? We talked about it. We thought about it. And we're going to just keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or you can say, I understand your position. I understand this is what you want to do. If we don't have any serious medical reason to do that right now, let's talk again in two hours. Yeah. And, and then if they're, you know, upset with you, because you didn't obey their orders, well, oh well, that's yeah, their problem. Yeah, right. If yeah. they're upset with you because they're trying to tell you, no, you've got a big problem here and we need to solve it, well, then that's a different conversation to be had. Right. Many of the interventions that are available are their, their tools, tools to be used to get a hard job done. Sometimes we need them, many times we don't. Right. And then the other thing is that um, I think that probably the easiest way, the easiest avenue to get into the kind of prenatal care that you want or first experience you want is to be really careful about the providers that you select. And the midwifery model of care is definitely going to be a, um, a gentler, more appropriate route for very healthy women. It's not the appropriate route for women that have health but, you know, when we're looking around the world, and Americans like to, you know, forget that we are actually part of global statistics. <laughs> um, but, and we come in 60th. In terms of maternal health outcomes, the U.S. comes in number 60. Wow. And we're one of only eight countries in the world with a rising maternal mortality rate. So when we look at the countries that have the very best outcomes, where women are coming away healthy, happy, and satisfied with healthy babies, they're all countries that um, most women see midwives. And use a, use here, a midwife. Sorry, oh, we lost you. So yeah, I just yeah. want to say she was yeah, saying yeah. use a midwife. Most, uh, yeah. Okay. Use a midwife. Yeah. Yeah. And as consumers, if more and more midwives are getting the job, they're the ones who we are hiring, then the model of care is going to change. Mm-hmm. 
Jeannie, thank you so much yeah, for joining us. This was this was just wonderful. I, you have totally made me want to have another baby. This is the worst <laughs> possible. I am too old to have another baby. I'm too old. All right. And, uh, then, and then you call me up and I'll tell you, Vince, you're fine. <laughs> Joy, enjoy always like having a kid in elementary school when you're 60. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much. We're going to link everybody up to the book. It just came out. Guys, it really is a good, just informational, no pressure, enjoyable read. Thank you so much, Jeannie. And uh, uh, thank you guys, too. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. You make me sing, ooh, la la la. You make a girl go. I'm serious. I want another baby. Let's do it. <laughs> I do. I tell you, oh, oh, she is. She is awesome. Yeah. I really. I really just. I liked her I, again. I do like the book, and I really. You know why we keep coming back? I mean, you and I are not professional on any level, uh, in terms of. What we hey, offer, I think we're pretty what we offer. I mean, we offer a good time, right? But I think if you were to like a professional podcasters, <laughs> professional moms, not you know showing up every day. Um, but there is a lot of themes pop out of our show. Mm-hmm. I think if one were to pay attention mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to the show, true, I'm uh, with you so far. One of the themes that keeps popping up is this lack of control that we allow ourselves to give ourselves mm-hmm. over our pregnancies yeah. and even post-pregnancy, totally. how we raise our kids. Totally. How we, and the hello, let's extend it out to just in general how we live our lives with or without kids. I couldn't possibly ask my boss for something. I couldn't possibly speak up to my friend about yeah. this or this stranger or my boyfriend or my whatever, my professor. Like, I can't make choices for myself. There'll be horrible repercussions if I yeah. do that. This, like, state of fear yeah. that we live in and that we just, like, allow ourselves to, like— take in mm-hmm. via TV and news and radio and everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just, we have got, we have got to stop it. Yeah. I mean, really. No, it, we really have to. We really have to we stop really it. We really are in charge of our own lives. Yeah, exactly. Like, we really are in charge of our own selves and our own pregnancies and our own babies and our own lives. And our own lives. Yeah. Absolutely. As long as you're not yeah. being a total dick to somebody. Yeah, don't be a dick. You're probably falling yeah. into a safe category of making your own decisions. Yeah. And sometimes maybe you have to be a dick to somebody. But like, oh, who, yeah. who may be a dick. But you yeah, know what okay. I mean? But we're talking larger general right. concept here. Right. Um, I really just, you know, it, it's, it is empowering to speak to smart people yeah. who remind us of these things. Totally. Um, speaking of being reminded of things, <laughs> <laughs> let's listen to a parent have a little breakdown. So um, my mother drives me crazy with my kids. Uh, the other day, she came to pick up my three-year-old boy to take him to the circus with his cousins, which is a great. We rarely get to do activities. We're always left out from that. So happy that he's going. We're getting him packed up and into the car, and I've got my one-and-a-half-year-old beautiful daughter on my hip. 
And she threw a combination of it's nap time and she sees the car seat and she thinks she's being taken away from me by a strange lady. She starts crying and she has a bit of a fit. And, you know, she's a strong crier. She's uh, a little bit of of, of a, just a crazy baby, but you know, we're dealing with that. Anyhow, yeah, crazy <laughs> my mother turns to me as they're taken off and gives me the stern look and says, you have got to do something about this. And I say, it's it's a baby. Baby's crying. This is normal. No, it's not normal. And I, I just, I don't know how to respond to that, how to deal with it. We've been having uh, just these blowout exchanges all over, over this, and I just can't take it anymore. She's just, she doesn't know how our kids work. She's not around them. I'm with them every fucking day. And, you know, I know that my kid's not psychotic. I know that she cries. I know that every baby cries. I see it every day with these kids, with other kids. And where, where, where does she even get this, you know? I don't know. But, um, that, that's me. And, you know, um, we took the, baby right back inside and she went for nothing. She's been happy since. So we're okay with that, I suppose. All right. And have a good day. Good job. I love him I, so I much. I know. I, <laughs> <laughs> hey, my, my initial instinct when he says, what am I supposed to say to her? Yeah. My initial instinct is, bye-bye. Have fun at the circus. <laughs> it's too bad exactly. that you can't Just roll the window up. Because yeah. here's the, the truth of it yeah. is, is you, ought, you do have this figured out. Yeah. This is, you already know in yeah. your brain that like what she's saying is yeah. totally separate from the real universe that you live in. Yes. And you know what? You've got, you know, you take your kid to the doctor. You, I'm sure you have already overthought your kid screaming to death because I got a, I have a, a crazy baby. A crazy baby. Do you have a crazy baby? I, I think I've mentioned on the show a few times. You're only at episode, uh, no matter how, so I won't go to that. I, I may have a crazy baby. And uh, my first kid was a nutball in a totally different way. And I, but you know, but that's yeah. what kids do. So yeah. like, but it, but I overthought it all. That's what all parents do. That's yeah. your universe. You go ask your pediatrician. They tell you, as long as they're not setting fires, you're all okay, whatever, fine. Yeah. But having it be your mother yeah. say that to you, and that line so is weird. super yuck. That's a super yeah. yuck line she's giving oh, you of like, awful. you need to quote, do something about it. Some kind. What are you going to do about My it? My kids would have both done the exact same and Yeah. Thing. They would be crying <laughs> in that situation. It's I, totally normal. I just spent an entire, like, three weeks with my parents, with my kids, where my kid was like, do not be with right. grandmama. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, And that was, like, yeah. every day in the same house. Yeah. It's, like, what you do at one and a half, one, yeah. whatever, five. It doesn't matter whoever your fucking kid is. <laughs> now, in your 40s, don't leave me with your mother. Right, like whatever, it's fine. So you're doing, you're totally actually doing an amazing you're doing job. Such a good job. I know. You should maybe, maybe, maybe for fun, have her give you some thoughts on it. And yeah. I would like, just like see what just she see says. what she says. I just be like, just yeah. be prepared to be like, uh huh, uh huh, interesting. <laughs> Interesting thoughts. I like what you've done here. That's something I'll think about. <laughs> <laughs> and then squash her specialness. Uh, you're doing a great job. Yeah. Teresa? Yes. What did we learn today? A lot. Kind of a lot. We learned that joking about squashing our kids' specialness is probably not accurate. It's probably just a joke. 
as long as you're not like legitimately being horrible to your kids and telling them that that they're worthless and that they're not special yeah Asking them to be quiet for a while it's or go fine. do their skit in their room, yeah. it's fine. It's okay. Yeah, you're probably doing okay. Um, we also learned that we need to take some fucking power back in all the aspects. I mean, we, everybody, you are, in fact, doing a good job. Yeah. And something she was talking about that I do think tied a little bit into our discussion about the whole, like, how uh, we get super emphasized, emphasized by our prenatal care the whole like as soon as you're like mm-hmm. you're this grown woman and you walk in and suddenly it's just everybody telling you to stop doing stuff yeah and i'm like oh my god that is exactly how i talk to my kids and while there is a place to set up these rules and tell your you know do these things to your kids don't mm-hmm. do that don't eat that da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. i think there is some balance of like she was saying instead of saying here's the long list of no and i'm a big believer in no guys mm-hmm. no is great no ellis you can't turn the gas of the stove on okay mm-hmm. right yeah. but also a good list of these are all the health like i've been recently going through this phase of like do you know what this is called Katie Bell a superfood mm-hmm. this blueberry is a superfood it is like like yeah. it just spin that's like focusing on the positive yeah, what we've focusing, been talking about yeah. yes Everybody focus on the positive. Yeah. You're doing a good job. Totally. Uh, there's a lot of stuff you can eat when you're pregnant. There's a show. <laughs> there's, yeah, exactly right. That is exactly right. And there are a lot of ways to be special. Yeah. Quietly in your room. <laughs> All right. Teresa. Yeah. You are doing a great job. Thank you. So are you. Let's have more kids. Let's have Help me. I'm going to call that RN. I'm going to call Jeannie right away and finding out what my odds are. Okay. Everybody, you're killing it. You're doing so good. Good job, you guys. Thank you guys for continuing to listen to us. You're all doing great. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blue, low down mama blue. Got to low down mama blue, got to low down mama blue, you know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Do you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show? Then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blue. Oh, said daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blue. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.